Hey there, all my fantastic fanatics. This is your man, Dr. Usher. Gonna tell you right now that marriage ain't easy. Because if it was easy, why would so many people end up getting divorced? I'm telling you right now, everybody, when you decide to get married, you are making a declaration against the powers of darkness that you're gonna stand with God. Because marriage between a man and a woman was instituted, the very first institution that God ever created. Remember, before the church ever came on the planet, the first institution was marriage. And it came straight from God. And marriage shows the world as a living testimony that God exists because it goes against our human nature. See, our human nature, let's be honest, we want to hoe around. I mean, not you maybe, but just the general sin nature. That's why a lot of people struggle with fornication because their nature wants to do things that are contrary to what God wants to do. And let me tell you something. Marriage was created so that man could also avoid the sin of fornication. Because you know that when you start sleeping around with everybody, you know, things start happening to your body and you end up getting STDs and God's like, okay, if you do it my way, you're going to be safe. But let me tell you also what happens when you get married. Now here it is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an honest Raffi story, Dr. Usher story. Here we go. Now when I was single, I stayed single for a long time, people. And I never once had a woman approach me. Not once in my life. You know, I went to, you know, Christian parties. I went to churches. I did the Christian thing. I was a successful DJ. You know, I did, you know, shows for Christian rock groups back in the day. Oh, yeah, I was around a lot of people. But never once did a girl ever hit me up and say, Hey, baby, I want to get with you. Never happened. But then I get married. Once you put a ring on it, it's like ding, 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 ding. Every mama <laughs> and their hoochie friends going to give you the look and start giving you the vibe like, hey, baby, hey, yo, yo, baby, yo. And it's like, where were you before I got married? <laughs> and it's funny how it happens like that, people. And I say that because I want you to be careful. Because as you're getting married or once you get married or if you're already married, you need to know that Satan's going to send you distractions. He's going to send you a man or a woman or he's going to make you look at other people's relationships even in the church and make you kind of jealous of their relationship. For example, you know, some of you guys might be married to a nominal believer or that's a person that really doesn't have a strong faith or witness in Christ. Maybe your faith is a lot stronger than theirs and might marry this person with a nominal faith and then you go to church and you see how this other guy or this other woman how spiritual they are how they pray with their family how they do all this stuff then you come home and you see your spouse and you're like man you're not spiritual at all i wish you was more spiritual then you start hounding that person because they're not as spiritual as the people that you saw in church and i'm gonna let you know right now that is an attack of the devil because you cannot compare your spouse's spiritual walk to someone else's spiritual walk 
you got to understand that God is working on everybody in an individual way. Just like God delivered you from your issues, you got to allow God to deliver your spouse from their issues. Now, if your spouse ain't going out there smoking and drinking and whoring around and doing things that are contrary to the word of God, then you don't have anything really to complain about. But if he is, you still got one other option. Have you thought about praying for the person? I remember there were times when my dad, you know, God rest his soul, he's in he's in glory now. He gave his life to the Lord. But before he was saved, that joker, man, he drank and he fought and he was a hellion. And my mom, God rest her soul, my mom would take olive oil and anoint his bed, anoint his pillow, or wherever he's gonna lay his head that night, he would anoint, she would anoint it with oil and pray over it that the Lord would convict him of his wicked ways. <laughs> and she would, boy, she would smear it everywhere. She would put it all over our heads back in them days. And then, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I would just pray that you would just bother his soul and, 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 and don't let him rest, Lord God, and torment him until he repents of his wicked ways and he repents of his sins and turn to you, Lord Jesus. My mama would do that for years. She never saw any fruit until I turned 17 years old. That's when my dad changed. Now, I tell you this so you can understand that there is power in prayer. There is power in intercessory prayer. So if your spouse is not living the life and he's living in sin and he, or she's living in sin or she's not doing right, then what you can do is go into intercessory prayer. Now, here's the tough thing about intercessory prayer. You really got to love the person to do it because it's not one of those things where it's just a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Intercessory prayer means you're going to get in there on the face of God. You're going to get on your knees and you're going to stay on your knees until God tells you to get up. This ain't no, oh, Lord Jesus, I pray for my husband. I pray for my wife in Jesus name. Amen. And then you're gone. No, intercessory prayer means you're on your knees and you're speaking in your prayer language and you're just doing the things that God, you know, is commanding you to pray about, you know, he's been told you what to pray about, but let me also warn you about this little thing about prayer. Oh my gosh, man, there's so much I can tell you, but I'm gonna tell you this, you cannot use prayer to manipulate or force a person, <laughs> poison, I'm like I'm Italian now, what? Okay, you cannot use prayer as a tool to manipulate or force a person to do something that they don't want to do. Period. Prayer is not witchcraft. Prayer is allowing God the opportunity to move in a person's life on your behalf. And God can orchestrate things in a way to where that person knows that God is trying to get his attention. But God is never going to force someone to spend eternity with him. You got to willfully want to do it. So he's not going to force someone to do something that they don't want to do. So as you're interceding, don't do it to force God to change someone. You do it because you generally, you genuinely care and you really want God to help this person out, especially if it's your spouse. You really want God to help them out. And that's what you do. But, you know, I just want you to know that as you're, you know, this generation, you know, you're probably in your 30s and I'm gonna tell you right now normally when you hit your your mid 30s and your early 40s that's when things really start to kick in to overdrive because you know I don't know what happens but I see this in a lot of couples that I counsel that when they're in their late 30s and early 40s 
they just get tired of bullcrap and they look for ways out of the marriage. And I'm letting you know, that's a that's a common trick of the devil. You know, you struggled through your 20s because remember, in your 20s, you're a narcissist. You're only thinking about you. You're thinking about having fun, da-da-da-da-da. But as you get in your 30s and 40s, you start becoming more stable-minded and settled and knowing who you are as an individual. And you're not as willing to accept things that you used to be able to accept from your spouse. And therefore, you become, you know, you don't, you're not content anymore with your spouse. And you want different things. You changed, but your spouse probably has not changed. And that causes certain conflicts inside of you because you're like, well, golly, if I can better myself, if I can do this, if I can, you know, grow in my relationship with God, then why can't my spouse? That's an honest, that's an honest question. Yeah. But you got to remember, God's working on each and every one of us individually. If your spouse is trying to, you know, live for God or if your spouse is not trying to not live for God, <laughs> you know, you got some spouses that don't care about God. They're going to do what they want to do. But you got some spouses that do have a God conscience. So if your spouse has a God conscience and he's not out there trying to do wrong, then you need to chill and allow God to work on that spouse and you become that witness. Remember, the Bible says, you know, let's say you're a, a wife that has a non-believing husband. Did you know that the Bible says that the best way to win your husband is not through running off at your mouth. It's through your quiet, chaste behavior is what the Bible says. And so what happens in this world, what happens in our generation is that women feel like because of women's live movement, because women empowerment movement, Women feel like they got the freedom to run off at the mouth and just tell the husband how no good he is, how not spiritually he is, and blah, 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 just running off at the mouth. But that con- that, that goes absolutely contrary to the word of God, and they fall into a snare of Satan, because whenever you go against the word of God, and you do things that the word of God tells you not to do, then you don't expect God to bless it. And that's why a lot of marriages end up in divorce and struggling, because, you know, you got a wife that who's got an unsafe husband who's running off at the mouth on him. And the Bible says, that's not how you win them. You win them through your behavior, by living a godly lifestyle, you know? And the Bible says you will, and he will get saved. Now, it's not something that's going to be overnight, because remember, you know, in a certain way, I think when we go out and marry someone that's not a strong believer, you know, God's going to let us suffer a little bit, because we were told before we got married, even when we were young, that you know you should only marry a believer don't marry a non-believer don't marry a nominal believer don't be unequally yoked with a non-believer or a nominal believer and so when you disobey the word of god and you go out there and you marry someone who's not a a believer or who is a nominal believer and then you want to use the bible to get that person saved by living a chaste behavior yeah you're gonna struggle a little bit that's just how it is people just i'm just gonna keep it real you're gonna struggle you're gonna suffer just a little bit But I guarantee you, if you stay true to the word of God, you will win. Okay. Now, I also want to remind you, you know, that in this time of your life, it's very easy for you to look at everybody else, how good everybody else has got it. But you can't be looking at everybody else's life. If you look at my marriage, you'd be like, well, dang, Ram, you got the perfect wife. Your girl's so sweet. You so, you guys are perfect. Man, if y'all only knew what happened behind closed doors. (laughs) 
I mean, we all look like we got it going on when we're on social media and in public because we got to, man. We can't go out in public and cuss each other out and, and yell at each other and look like we're going to kill each other. I mean, come on. That's that's not the witness that God wants us to have as a husband and wife. So, you know, we put on our Holy Ghost makeup and we get out in the world and we do our thing. But yeah, we, we have our struggles too, people. So don't think that I'm talking from a place of perfection. I'm just letting you know and you can't even judge my marriage with your marriage because you got to walk your own path and be careful when these hoochie mamas or these dudes, you know, I call them pimps, <laughs> player, player. You got to be careful when these people, you know, you see them in the gym, you see them when you're jogging, you see them in the store, you see them, you, you know, the devil knows how to strategically place these distractions in your path. Satan is smart. He's done this planet longer than you. He knows you better than you know you. He's seen everything and he's done everything. So he knows how you work. And he knows how to put the right thing in your path. Even in church. How many times have I gone to a church? And there'll be this fine lady trying to hit up on me. Now, does she know she's doing that to a married man? Or is she blinded by Satan? So you got to learn how to recognize, wait a minute, even if it's in the church. Or maybe Satan won't even use someone to hit you up. Maybe he'll say, hey, look at that relationship over there. Why can't your spouse be like that spouse? You know, what if you go out into the world and you're out there going shopping and you see this dude that's, you know, manning up. Why can't my spouse be like that spouse? Or let's say you go into the gym and you see this woman working out and she's giving it all she's got. And your wife's at home eating bonbons and you'd be like, why can't my wife be like that? You know, you got to recognize that's probably not even your thought. That's probably a thought that Satan's planted in your head. So you got to be careful not to allow Satan to plant thoughts in your head because he will do it. He'll make you think that you thought the thought because that's how he's a sneaky devil. He will make you think that you thought that thought. And then you go around thinking, yeah, you sure is right. Wait a minute. Why are you agreeing with a thought that you had? Because normally when you have your own thoughts, you don't go around agreeing with it because it's your thought. So, test number one, if you have a thought, ladies and gentlemen, that you find out that you agreed with, maybe it wasn't your thought. Maybe it was a seed planted by Satan. <laughs> sorry, not loud, people. I'm sorry. But it's true. So, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I don't want to be the dead horse. I just want you guys to understand that marriage isn't easy. You're going to have your ups. You're going to have your downs. Your kids are going to see the ups and downs. And don't worry about the kids. Like I would tell people in these counseling sessions, your kids aren't stupid. They know who's at fault. They know who's not walking in grace. They know who's not walking in love. They know when mama and daddy's messing up. They not stupid. They got a brain. And they probably won't say anything. So a lot of times we as parents are like, well, what about the kids? You know, I don't my My poor babies are thinking this. No, uh, don't worry about the babies. As long as you guys are trying to work that situation out, that's the best witness that those kids can see. It's easy for us to walk away. And that's the worst witness that they, that they can see, is that you're quitting. What they need to see is that, hey, we're going to work this out. Now, I'm going to put a side note on it. If you're being beaten or abused, you need to get the heck out. Your kids do not need to see you getting beaten and abused, whether it's verbally or physically or emotionally. They don't need to witness that. And if that's going on in your marriage and you need somebody to help that out a little bit, you can reach me at drusher.com. 
and I can try to reach out to your spouse and maybe talk with him, especially if it's a dude, because I, I can relate to those type of situations because I've been there. So I understand those type of mindsets and I know how to help them break out of that if they want to break out of it. But as for you, if your spouse isn't doing those things, then I would encourage you, work it out. Allow God time to work things out, you know? And if you need that extra help, remember, prayer is always your primary weapon of choice. Number two is the body of Christ. And you can always call on me, Dr. Usher, or somebody from your church if you trust them. But I'm going to say this. A lot of times church doesn't understand the dynamics of marriage for this generation there some of the churches are stuck in the 1920s style marriage and they need to get more up to date with their thought processes because you know i'm going to say this not saying that you are abusing your husband ladies but back in the day when you would have a domestic violence situation it was always assumed that the husband was the guilty party nowadays there are women out there whipping up on their husband, people. I can't, I know, right? It, t- tables have turned, you know? So you, we just can't assume automatically that it's the husband at fault when it comes to abuse nowadays. We have to really look at both sides. And if you're part of a church that automatically assumes the woman is innocent, then your husband, or if you're a husband, you know, you may feel like, well, golly, I'm not going to get a fair shake. Or if you're, you know, or if you go to a, a ministry where, you know, it's like a feminist style ministry where there's a female pastor that got a vendetta against dudes, then she might unfairly not correct you, but correct your husband and you go, you continue abusing your spouse. So you got to be careful with the church. I hate to say it, but you do. You got to be careful with the church and, and who you go to for counsel. If you feel like something's not sitting right with you or sitting well with you, Reach out to me, drusher.com. I will give you my honest assessment of the counsel that you receive. If I recognize that it's not biblical, I'm going to back everything I tell you with scripture. I will send you the Bible verse. Well, what does the Bible say about this? Blah, 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 blah. Boom, 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 boom. Bang, bang, bang. You know? And that's what I'll do to help you out. Because I really want you guys to be successful in your relationship. Because marriage ain't easy. What's that song? It ain't easy. You know, it's not easy, people. It ain't easy. So with that being said, I want you guys to be good warriors. So I'll close with this. Do as much good as you can while you can. And the best, goodest thing you can do right now is work on your marriage. Do the best you can with what you got. And ignore the distractions that are coming your way. It's just a distraction. They never end well, people. I promise you. When Joe Blow walks into your life and woos you off your feet and he starts giving you goobly eyes when y'all working out or when you're in the gym or you're in the store or you're in the church. I know, right? In the church. It's a trap. It never works out. Never, 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 never. In all my years of watching marriages fail because of infidelity, it never ever works out good in the end, period. Dude, if you see that girl walking up in the church and she got that right look and she looking spiritual and she got and she's dressed to the T and then you look at your wife and you be like, man, my wife needs work. I'm a, I want something like that. I need to get out of this marriage because, man, this is a mess. I need something like that. 
Well, I'm going to let you know. That's a distraction. Don't fall for it. It never works out. It will never work out. God gave you the spouse that you have for a reason. And if she's getting on your nerves because she's on your case all the time, it's probably because you need it. (laughs) But remember, women, that's not how you win your husband. Don't be nagging at him. You encourage him through your chaste behavior. You know, you are, he's the head, but you're the neck. Understand your role. Okay, people? All right, all right. I'm going to shut up now. Y'all be blessed. And reach out to me at drusher.com if you got any questions or any social media platform at drusher, D-O-C-T-O-R, U-S-H-E-R.com. Be blessed. Bye.